0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. Excited to have you in today as we continue our series on Millennials in the Nonprofit World. As always, I am your host, Todd Greer. I'm Executive Director of the Center Vision Leadership Foundation. Thrilled to have you in with us as always. We are engaging today with Jamie Smith. Jamie is part of the Young Nonprofit Professionals Network. She is their communications person there, and we're excited to have her in as part of the discussion. If you like what we're talking about here, you want to extend the conversation with us, please be sure to join us on Twitter Thursday night, hashtag Nonprofit Chat. That'll be at 9 p.m. as always. We're digging into this discussion so we can think about What does this whole young person, this whole nonprofit millennial thing look like, and how do we engage it as leaders in our organizations? I want to remind you to check out, if you haven't yet checked out, the nonprofit performance magazine launched in March, uh, just last week. We launched with this issue all about millennials in the nonprofit world. Our cover girl, as we like to call her, Frances Hesselbein of the Hesselbein Leadership Institute leading that issue, talking about what does it look like for us as leaders to engage millennials in the nonprofit organization. Again, as I mentioned, so thrilled to have Jamie Smith in with us. Jamie, thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you, Todd, for having me. I'm really excited to get to chat with you today about millennials in the nonprofit sector. So, Jamie,
0: for our audience, who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, YNPN, YNPN stands for the Young Nonprofit Professionals Network. And our mission is to activate emerging leaders by connecting them with people, resources, and ideas. I mean, as many, as I'm sure your audience, and I'm sure we know, the nonprofit sector has been tasked with tackling some pretty big problems. And we believe that we need young, inspired, creative, energetic leaders to bring new solutions to some of these problems that we've been trying to tackle for decades. Mm. Uh, So what YNPN is doing is working closely with emerging leaders to develop those leadership skills, both the leadership skills and the um, practical skills that they need to be effective change makers. And my role with YNPN is that I'm our communications and network engagement director. So I do a lot of the things that you typically think of as part of communications, social media, the website, things like that. And then the network engagement part of my job is working really closely with our members and our volunteer chapter leaders. Um, We have 42 chapters in cities across the country, and all of those chapters are founded and organized by young nonprofit professionals from that community. So a big part of my job is um, fortunately getting to interact with them on a daily basis, provide them with support and resources, um, and engage them in figuring out the future of the network and the future of the
0: sector. Jimmy, if you would, just step back with us and, and tell us the, the short, long story of YNPN, because you guys have a, a really intriguing story uh, that I think helps cement where your position and your place is in this sector.
1: Yeah. So YNPN was actually founded 17 years ago in um, San Francisco, California. And the founding story, I think, is, is always a fun little bit of YMPN trivia. So it started as um, five or six young nonprofit professionals who had gotten together and kind of said, you know, we don't really feel like there's a place for us in this sector. We're not getting access to resources. We're not getting access to training. There isn't a clear pathway for us to get to leadership. So let's get together and kind of uh, talk about that, commiserate about that, figure out solutions. Um, and so they put up a couple of flyers. Um, to have folks meet up at a bar called The Hungry Bear. And um, they expected maybe five, ten other people to show up. More than a hundred people came. Wow. Um, And that's kind of been the story of YNPN. Um, Since that founding in San Francisco, um, we've just seen the network grow, particularly over the last three years. We've seen our number of chapters grow by 60%. Um, and it really tells us that there's a need in the sector, there's a hunger in the sector among young nonprofit professionals for the kind of leadership development that they're able to access through YNPN, as well as really having the opportunity to take time and reflect on what it means to be a change maker and connect with other folks across the country who are doing interesting and, and innovative things.
0: Yeah, that's a really unique thing. So all told, about how many members are, are affiliates of, of YNPN right now? Yeah,
1: so we have 42 local chapters, and we estimate that we have between 40 and 50,000 members. Uh, We're actually in the process now of rolling out uh, a database and the kind of infrastructure that would allow us to know, down to the exact number, how many members we are. But right now, that's our estimate based on the membership numbers that we get from our local chapters.
0: Sure. So what you're actually talking about, and this is really interesting here, because we've been talking about this millennial question, this millennial structure, Uh, for for a couple weeks now, and we're seeing, everybody's pointing towards the fact that we're looking at about 50% of the workforce here is going to be millennial-based, okay, here in just a few years, and then just after that, it's going to be the vast majority. So you guys are seeing already that harnessing of the energy of of this generation who says, we want to be involved, we want to make a difference, and we want to be connected to other people who do the same. Is that what you guys are seeing from kind of from coast to coast then, Jamie? Absolutely.
1: You you said it perfectly. I mean, I think for so long in the nonprofit sector, we've been talking a lot about what's gonna happen when the baby boomers retire. And and there's been a lot of talk about this this leadership gap, this this what I would say a mythical leadership gap. Um, you know, there's no one there's no one ready to, to step up and take leadership in the nonprofit sector. And we see every day there's tens of thousands of young people uh, who are eager and excited uh, to lead organizations, to lead social change. And um, the size of our network and the growth of our network over the last couple of years, I think, demonstrates that we've got these folks who are, who are ready and are just waiting to be, to be activated and, and connected with the right training and resources um, in order to be the effective leaders that we need.
0: Jamie, that's such an interesting thing, and I, I love the term activated right there, because I think a lot of times we, we see these individuals in our organizations, and, and all we have to do is look around, and they don't need a formal position that we would call leadership to be leading. They're leading by example. They're leading by the things that they're doing, and I think a lot of times we, uh, we hang on to that idea of a gap, uh, whether it's a skills gap or a leadership gap. Or, or you know We've got these gaps that are in place, but you guys are seeking not only to remedy the gap or the perception of a gap, but you're also working to get ahead of the curve with your organizations, uh, the local chapter, excuse me, and, and with the, the young professionals that are, are part of this network. What kinds of programming are you seeing in, in the YNPN chapters and then through the parent, the national organization, that are really driving differences in, in these young leaders?
1: Yeah. Yeah, one of the exciting things about YNPN, and I think one of the things that has made us so successful um, at a time when a lot of other membership organizations are are kind of losing members, is that um, YNPN has a very open and innovative structure. Our goal is always, um, we basically want to give our, our local chapters and our leaders the Play-Doh and the pickup sticks to build whatever they, they think their community needs, right? Yeah. You know, like, we really think that chapter leadership is a really important leadership opportunity, but we also know that local chapters know their communities much better than we do. They know what the need is, um, they know what folks are interested in, they know what resources are already available that they can coordinate with and build on. So I think for me that's one of my favorite things about the Hand network is that all of our chapters across the country are doing such different and exciting things um, that are so dependent on the local culture. A lot of our skills-based training happens at the local level. Um, So, for example, um, one of our chapters, um, our chapter in Little Rock, Arkansas, and our chapter in Washington, D.C., actually, have been um, providing their members with training on a facilitation structure called Liberating Structures. Um, So it's providing them with tools to make them better facilitators and communicators and help them be more effective leaders. One of our chapters in the Twin Cities, actually, Lion Twin Cities, has done some really creative programming around improv and improv for professionals Mm -hmm. and how it can be an asset to you in your professional life. So a lot of our skill-based training happens at the local level um, and we do a lot to try to make sure that those great ideas are shared through the network. That folks know what YNPN San Diego is doing. That folks hear about the cool program that YNPN Birmingham has going on. Um, So that's actually a big part of National's role in programming is helping chapters be able to share knowledge um, be able to hear about what other communities are doing and take the things that are working in other communities and bring them to their communities um, we also do a lot of meaning making at the national level of kind of identifying you know what does it what makes for effective leadership development um, and over the next couple of years our hope also is to expand the amount of programming that we offer at the national level to our broader membership
0: I think one of the things that's so interesting about that and I, I... You know, certainly congratulate you guys for seeing and recognizing uh, the value of understanding those local places, uh, but also creating that platform where collaboration and communication can can really thrive. I think one of the things that we struggle with a lot of times is we've got organizations that are doing really good work, and they're doing very very innovative and creative things, and a lot of times we just don't have the way. The channel, the medium set for people to else to understand what's happening. So I think what uh, what you're talking about here with YNPN and making sure you're you're working at, at the national level to amplify what's happening at the local chapters and to pre- create that platform that more people can understand and know about that. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I, I want to move in here and ask a couple deep questions and kind of see what uh, what you have in store for us here and and how you guys are working to address some of the challenges that we're seeing. All right, uh, The thing that comes up over and over again is as millennials are coming into the nonprofit, changes are happening. Okay? That's kind of that premise. Everybody understands it. All right? it, it it's, it's the same whether we're talking about Gen X coming or the baby boomers or any other generation, but we obviously know that there are very unique things about this millennial generation. What challenges are you guys seeing for these millennials as they enter into and emerge as leaders within the nonprofit sector?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it might be most helpful to to think about it as sort of a timeline, right, or a, or a life cycle. Um, so there's a couple of different issues that happen at different stages um, of non you know of millennials' careers in the nonprofit sector. So kind of the, the first stage is when they're entering into the sector. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, millennials are the most mission-driven generation um, ever. You know, all of the research is showing that that millennials want their, their work to have meaning and impact. And so we have this generation that that is a natural fit for the nonprofit sector. You know, we, we feel really strongly like the nonprofit sector should be a great place for them to build a career and do that meaningful work. Um, unfortunately, though, a lot of the entry-level positions in the sector do not offer the kind of wages and benefits and development that make it possible for a lot of millennials, and particularly people of color, to enter into the sector um, and also be able to have the resources to achieve other life goals, like maybe someday owning a home or starting a family. Um, oftentimes, the um, of service programs, like AmeriCorps, um, are what we consider the entry-level positions into the sector. And and AmeriCorps and our year of service programs are fantastic programs, but they're not designed to be sustainable careers. You know, that that's just built into the program. Yeah. And so, folks oftentimes, millennials oftentimes, just have a hard time finding a job in the nonprofit sector. Um, and, you know, as we said kind of at the beginning of the call, we want the, the best and the brightest, talented folks bringing diverse perspectives um, to help us solve these issues that the nonprofit sector is trying to tackle. So just at that entry point, we see a challenge that millennials are facing. Once they get into the sector, often under, their organizations are not investing in their leadership or investing in their potential. I mean, we all know nonprofits are strapped for resources. Um, and oftentimes, unfortunately, uh, one of the things that gets underdeveloped is the people, the talent in the organization. Um, Professional development budgets are often kind of the last thing on the list that folks want to invest money in. Um, But the reality is is that in order to have strong programming and achieve our missions, we need people who are skilled um, and and people who are effective practitioners. So millennials also face a challenge in just getting kind of the investment that they need in order to be able to continue to grow and develop as leaders. Um, And I would say, you know, one of the other major challenges is... Um, Being able to lead from the middle, so younger professionals knowing, as you said, that that leadership doesn't always have to happen at the top. You know, you can can lead from any position in an organization. Um, So part of it is kind of raising awareness among younger people that that there's ways to be leaders even if you don't have the title or the position. Um, But there's also kind of raising awareness among organizations as a whole that lots of great things can happen and great ideas can come from folks lower in the organization. And that distributed models of decision making and leadership can often be really effective ways um, to find new solutions to problems, to make people feel engaged, um, and actually to help develop leaders. It doesn't cost anybody, it doesn't cost any money um, to ask a younger leader what they think about a problem or to give them a stretch opportunity to grow. So I would say that those are kind of the, the three, major, three of the major challenges that we're seeing. Um, it's hard to find an entry point into the sector that can support them with a sustainable income. Once they're there, it's, it's hard to find an opportunity to um, develop as a leader to get the resources that you need to do that. And then finally, um, it's hard to be able to access um, decision-making points and stretch opportunities that can help people learn with on-the-job experience as well as benefit the organization. Um, and utilize those younger leaders to their full potential.
0: Uh, Jimmy, I think that's a fantastic framework that you've laid out there because what, what it does is it gives people a picture and I think a lot of times when we talk about these generational issues, we, we really talk about it in such generalities that we fail to see how this re- relates to the specifics in my organization. So we think, oh, millennials, they love technology. Oh, millennials, they care about the world. Oh, millennials, this and we talk in such big picture things that we fail to see how that truly impacts my organization and I think you've done a great job in laying that out for each person that's watching or listening to be able to think about what does that look like in their organization and they can begin hopefully to identify the people that are in their organization already whether they be staff or volunteers or even board members who need that uh, that framework around them they need that, that structure and they need that encouragement to be able to continue that growth cycle uh, so that they can truly emerge as leaders in that organization. Uh, and Now I'm going to ask you to do exactly the opposite. All right. I, I talked about the generalities. From a generalities perspective, what, what do you think is the most telling feature of this generation? What is it that sticks out to you the most?
1: Yeah. The, um, I mean, I think for us, what we, what we notice time and time again um, and what, what we think are going to be the really defining characteristics of this generation um, from the perspective of, like, looking at it as, an, as a nonprofit professionals um, are this focus on change-making, mm-hmm. um, being really mission-driven as individuals, really wanting their work to have an impact. Um, that's, that's so exciting to hear as, as folks who, who are dedicated to the nonprofit sector because it's, like, great you know, we need you. We're, we're trying to tackle these these huge problems like poverty and homelessness, um, discrimination, racism, um, and so we join us in, in this fight and we're so excited that that's something that aligns naturally with what um, millennials are inclined to do. I would say kind of the other defining feature of this generation, you know, one of the other things that research has shown us is that this is the most diverse generation in American history. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in addition to meeting, you know, smart, right leaders in the nonprofit sector, we need diverse perspectives. You know, this, this isn't something that the nonprofit sector has been doing as well as we could. And so it's exciting to know that there is a new generation um, that's more diverse than ever, that's naturally interested in social change work. Um, and, and so we think that there's going to be some great improvements um, into the nonprofit talent pipeline in terms of as Millennials enter and become a bigger part of the workforce
0: there. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you um, we've seen a lot of change here in in the sectors and I'm gonna go broad base here for a second. We've we've seen a lot of change in the sectors over the last couple years. One of the things that I think is emerging uh, and it's really gaining steam right now is the the benefit corporation, the the B Corp. Um, How do you see or do you see that blurring the lines in the future for that that social benefit nonprofit world?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that um, you know we've seen definitely the rise of, and definitely has become more popular among millennials, is the idea of social entrepreneurship. Um, and I and I think this is, as you said, to go broad. I think this is a larger part of American culture right now. Is the the idea of entrepreneurship, bringing entrepreneurial values um, to even traditional organizations Uh, and I think that's really beneficial. These are the kinds of of innovative fresh perspectives that I think are really going to help us tackle some of those problems um, that we've been been dealing with for decades or centuries. Um, I think one one thing that's interesting and and one thing that I think we're not talking about in the sector is one reason that we've heard from some of our members that social entrepreneurship is more appealing is because they're not getting the things that they want or need from the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. And so they feel like social entrepreneurship is the is next best option. You know, if they're not getting the professional development, the salary, the autonomy that they're looking for, some young professionals will go out and will start their own nonprofit organization or start their own B Corp. Um, will start their own initiative in order to be able to get the things that they're looking for from their career. Um, and so I think what we want to find is we want to we create the kind of nonprofit culture um, that's healthy, that provides a place for those millennials, um, while also still encouraging innovation and folks starting their own thing. But it's a, it's a balance, right? You know, lots of organizations are doing great work, um, and we want to create a place for millennials in those organizations. Um, and we also want to help the sector be able to recognize when something new and innovative might be needed or when a new type of organization
0: would be helpful. Yeah, it's, I think that really digs into some of the great challenges that we're facing right now because one of the things that we were are hearing over and over again is my organization isn't fast enough to adapt. Um, you know, we, we spoke with um, Jeff Fromm uh, from millennial marketing for our, our March issue. And one of the things that Jeff pointed out in, in our conversation was really that a lot of times nonprofits are very heavily invested in old schemas, uh, yeah. historical schemas. And I think it's really imperative for organizational leaders to be thinking about how do you hold on to the organizational narrative without holding on to the structures that fuel constricting to, to many in the younger generation because look, we've got accessibility. I can go out tomorrow and I can start a 501c3. Now, it takes a while to get my approval and all those kinds of things, but I can have my idea and I can be up and running or I can get my LLC or my I can go for a B Corp. I can do all these kinds of things. So We're not in a time that, that we have to have some mediator who comes in and helps us to do that or we have to have some big establishment. We can do that. Literally from where we're sitting right now, Jamie, at your computer and my computer, we can make yeah. those kinds of things happen, but I think you're, you're you're digging into, and this is something that nonprofits have to make sure that they're understanding, is we're talking about a broader issue here. We're talking about community, and we're talking about narrative, and we're talking about keeping those things going, and we're also talking about not over-duplicating the things that we're doing, I and mean, I think that's one of the challenges. So let me then let you to be the the prognosticator and some of this is already happening Jamie leaders millennials are already rolling into these leadership roles and we know that because you know you've got 40,000 plus uh, YNPN members across the United States and we're talking to them kind of in a frequent way that we're hearing their stories but project out about 10 to 15 years They're, they're leading in in the multitude of organizations what do you think leadership is going to look like as the millennials step into these more positional forms of leadership? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a question, actually, Todd, that we're hoping to answer with our members. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we one of the questions that we're trying to ask our, our members today so that they're prepared for that moment 10 or 15 years ago when they're the ones making the decisions is, how are you how are you going to do it? What are you going to do differently? What are you going to take with you? You may not have the ability now to set hiring policies for your organization. You may not have control over the budget, but you will soon. And so as you're in this position now, as you're in a great position to learn and observe and watch, you know, what are you learning and observing and taking away so that when you are that leader in 10 to 15 years, um, you're going to be an effective leader because you will have learned Um, from what your organization is doing today. In terms of, you know, kind of what we'd like to see in the sector in 10 to 15 years, um, you know, we would like to see for the sector to be, you know, number one, more diverse. Um, You know, there's a lot of talk about how um, the nonprofit sector should be representative of the communities it serves, and that's definitely an important aspect. Um, The nonprofit sector also needs diverse perspectives needs that innovation, needs folks who are coming either from the communities that are being served um, or or just different perspectives than kind of what we've had in the sector so far. So, you know, and, and research has also shown that diverse perspectives results in more innovative outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, one, we just hope that the leadership of the sector will be more diverse and that the leaders who are, um, who are in place today and in 10 to 15 years from now are really making that a priority in their hiring and their operations. Um, you know, the other thing that we would like to see is a, is a healthier talent pipeline. So better entry-level positions in the nonprofit sector, um, a real focus on, you know, providing appropriate wages and professional development for professionals of all generations, um, really making the nonprofit sector a sustainable place to be. Um, part of that as well to, you know, um, think about leadership on the, the foundation side, but on the funding side. Um, as well as on the individual donor side, is a willingness to fund people, a willingness to fund the salaries and professional development that will help organizations be more effective. Um, and from there, it's 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 hard to go much more specific than that because who knows what we'll have in 10 to 15 years that might be able to help us, you know, <laughs> help us solve some of these solve some of these problems and be more effective at achieving our missions. But I think having those things in place would be a great foundation uh, for being prepared for whatever changes or issues you know we're, we're still dealing with or new, now dealing with 10 to 15 years in the future.
0: That's an important point um, you, we look back if we were to go 10-15 years in, in our history and think about the impact um, even just that social media or the social web has had on the way that we do in the nonprofit sector uh, we'd be shocked i mean so i think you are you're, you're spot on about laying the correct foundation so that the new building the new structures can grow from there okay so let me ask you this you are the young nonprofit professionals network young okay and, and sometimes young is a nebulous term and it's and i i mean i consider myself young but how we define that is different but how do you work with those young nonprofit professionals, how do you work to help them work with their more seasoned uh, colleagues in the nonprofit to be able to have this greater integration of generations in, in their own organization and in their community? What does that look like, and in what kinds of steps or, or framework that do you guys use there, Jamie? Yeah,
1: another excellent question. Um, you know, I have to be honest and say that we don't have a specific framework developed for um, for having some of those conversations, but they're important conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think what it requires is sort of an understanding, both for millennials and senior professionals, older generations, kind of what each generation is looking for. Um, you know, one thing that, one stereotype about millennials is that they're impatient and entitled. And... I think, you know, when I've been talking with senior professionals, like, one kind of take, that you know, one way that I've sort of explained that or presented it to them that, that helps folks maybe see where millennials are coming from um, is that, you know, younger generations are used to sort of what you were describing, the democratization of media, the democratization of, you know, being able to, like, put in your 501c3 application from your desktop um, and, and be able, being able to to do things that previously there were gatekeepers that prevented you from being able to do them. Mm -hmm. Um, So younger professionals are used to living in a world where that's the case for for almost anything that they want to try to do. Um, And they're also very motivated by by making change. So often what can come off as entitlement or impatience is is often just like a willingness to to really get down to the work of making impact. Mm -hmm. And so often what we talk to senior professionals about is kind of saying like, one way that, that folks can really relate or one thing that that both generations have in common is is this desire to make impact. Um, and so kind of starting from that place of, of uniting around this common goal and then starting to talk through the processes for how that happens. Um, and, and hearing from both generations about kind of like what they think is the best way or, or what they think um, is going to be effective and really trying to hear each other. Um, and and thinking less in kind of terms of those stereotypes and more about uniting around this idea that, like, we want to make change. How do we do this together? Um, you know, similarly, it's, it's about younger professionals understanding where older professionals are coming from and, and understanding some of the ways that they can come across um, when they're making requests or when they're interacting in the workplace. So you know, younger professionals often need to come in from sort of a listening and a learning stance. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, they may not have the title right away, um, they may not have certain other markers right away, but that there are ways to lead from the middle, there are ways to make change at any level of an organization, um, and also just drawing them back to that emphasis on, on impact rather than any of the kind of extraneous things around it
0: and that's quite a challenge and, and and I think you know when we start thinking about how do we open up that dialogue I think that's a real challenge for a lot of organizations because we have to have trust in place and we have to have trust in place for those types of dialogues to occur and, and it's our hope obviously within our organizations that the nonprofit sector of all sectors would really get this and that we would be able to to harness that internal trust, but I, I think that's one of those pieces that's really important. In fact, uh, it's it's funny because uh, here we're, we're talking uh, next week with Joan Cole, who is uh, one of the, the co-editors of the five most important questions, which is uh, the newest update of the Peter Drucker book. And, and in that, it's, it's again, it's the questions. When we have questions, then we begin to find those commonalities, and Jamie, you pointed out, it, then it's not so much about me as a, a, a stereotype in this generation but it's about how do we as individuals identify with the mission of our organization and I think that's that's a real key for us is to be able to see uh, okay so we're all part of this organization and we come from it from different perspectives but we still see the great value of the mission of our organization and it's simply the diversity of our experiences that allow us to to be able to, to see a new future uh, through the lens that we've had, um, and I think that's important. It's it's really valuable, I think, to our organizations to see those kinds of things. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that out here. Um, if you you were to talk about lessons here, lessons that our, our young leaders are learning and need to continue learning as they emerge as leaders, what what would be some of those lessons? And I know you, you pointed out to to some of those in, in leading from the middle and thinking about some of that that type of stuff. What else would you say, Jeannie, is really something that you see uh, as an important lesson?
1: Leading from the middle, I think, is is one of the um, is one of the critical things. Uh, you know, actually, last year we did a YNPN book club, and we read um, Paul Schmidt's book. Uh, Paul Schmidt's this the former CEO of Public Allies, mm-hmm. and he wrote a great book called Everyone Leads. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and I think it's about two things that I think are really valuable lessons for millennials to learn. One is it's, it's about this idea that, that everyone leads. You can lead from, from any position in an organization, um, you know, and, and it's, it's really critical to, to recognize that in yourself. Um, but the other piece is really about recognizing leadership in others. So it's about changing the way that we think leadership looks or should look like. Mm. Um, and I think even in the nonprofit sector, you know, which I feel like is the sector that should be leading on this, we often still have pretty traditional definitions of leadership. You know, often it's an older person. um, Often it's a white person. Often it's a man. Mm -hmm. um, Often it's someone with a college education or a postgraduate education. Um, And what I think Paul's book does a really good job of doing is kind of opening up people's minds to this idea that the leadership doesn't have to look like that and actually there are lots of great leaders that don't look like that or don't have that particular background. Um, So I think both of those ideas, this idea that you can lead from any position in an organization as well as leadership doesn't have to look like the way that it's always looked are really critical lessons for millennials in terms of kind of shaping the future of the sector. Um, You know, I think the other lesson that I would just kind of counsel anyone generally Mm -hmm. is that you learn best by doing. Mm. And so your organization is a great opportunity to learn. Asking for stretch opportunities, asking for additional responsibilities is a great way to learn, Um, as well as finding opportunities to learn outside of your organization. I think this is actually one of the great strengths of YNPN is that all of our chapter leaders are leading small nonprofit organizations on top of their day jobs in their spare time. So they're doing things like budgeting. They're making decisions about databases. They're making programming decisions, communications decisions. Um, They're getting all of this direct experience that they can then take back to their full-time jobs or to whatever is next for them in their career. Um, So I think that would also be the thing that I would really just counsel. I'm a millennial as well. Counsel my fellow millennials um, that you learn best by doing. And so find those opportunities to do that, whether that's on the job or whether that's outside of your job but that's going to be the kind of thing that's going to take your career and your skills and your leadership ability to the next level.
0: Yeah. Jimmy, I'm going to cheat here for just a second. I'm going to point out <laughs> on April 14th, uh, Joe Raylan, who's the author of Creating Leaderful Organizations. Uh, Dr. Raylan is a professor at uh, Northeastern University, and he's going to be joining us for the show. And I, I love the kind of conversation that we're having here because leadership is – it's this big term, and we, we've oftentimes we've given it a connotation that it doesn't need. It doesn't need this connotation of simply positional, simply old, white males. It, it's, it's really leadership is a, a relational process, and uh, Joe's going to be pointing that out on April 14th with us, and uh, I really I think that there's a great opportunity here for us to dig into that. I, I want to add one thing onto what you just said, uh, or at least to, to pull it out because I don't want people to lose this we need conversation partners Um, and i think that's a really really important piece here Um, we need conversation partners and i think that's one of the great values of an organization like ynpn you need to know what else is there it's easy for us to get our blinders on and be so focused on whether it's our cause our community or our organization that we forget that there's a world that surrounds us with a lot of really amazing things that are happening, a lot of really unique uh, answers happening in communities all around us and people who can challenge our thinking and also can encourage our growth. So uh, again, I really think that's just a a foundational piece there. So I'm going to let you tie it up in a bow and and here we go. People have heard you talk, Jamie, you're brilliant. I I love the thinking that's happening here with YNPN. How does somebody become a member of, of YNPN?
1: Yeah, well thank you, Todd. Um, I've really enjoyed getting a chance to, to talk with you about this. Um, and yes, also, the, the leaderful book is another great one um, that, that talks a lot about it at the organizational level. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way together pretty soon. Um, so right now, I think I mentioned at the top of the call, we're located in 42 cities. Um, and right now, membership happens at the local level. So you can go to our website, ynpn.org, and you can find a local chapter near you. Um, so chances are, if you're, if you're near a large metropolitan area, there's, there's probably a chapter near you. Um, if there isn't, you can find my contact information on our website and get in touch with me about starting one if you'd like to bring YNPN to your community. And then later this year, we're going to be rolling out a national membership. Um, Previously membership has kind of been concentrated at the local level and later this year we're going to be rolling on a national membership for those folks who don't happen to be located near a local YNPN chapter as well as for folks who are already members of a local YNPN chapter um, for the exact reason that you said. It's an opportunity to connect people all around the country um, to what's happening in other communities and to be able to share all of these innovative ideas and, and things that we're doing and, and even just to be able to connect and have that fellowship of, of folks who share this, this identity and this profession and this desire to make a difference in the world. Um, so if you'll go to our website, ynpn.org, you can find a local chapter and join there. And then if you're not close to a local chapter, currently later this year we'll be rolling out a national membership program um, that will allow anybody to join YNPN.
0: That's fantastic. Jamie, I, I think that there's so much here for anybody, any young nonprofit professional who's looking at it, or even if you're a college student and you're thinking about that as a career, this is a great opportunity for you to engage and to see what's happening from those that are already in the front lines of our organizations, bringing impact to our community, and again, they're a great voice for what's happening in this millennial generation, for thinking about how we engage and how we flourish in the years to come. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. I, I'm, I'm just thrilled with the conversation that we've had today. I think that there's so much here for each one of us to learn from, whether we're that that new individual who's just emerging into a, a nonprofit profession, or that individual who's been part of, of the narrative uh, for, for many years, that seasoned professional who's leading from maybe an executive position or a board position but for thinking about how do we engage the millennial generation, how do we encourage their growth, and how do we think about the great future of our organization. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Again, I'm going to remind folks, uh, Thursday, 9 p.m., hashtag nonprofit chat. It's an opportunity for you to come in and engage this topic at that next level. This is not just about us having a dialogue, Jamie and I. It's about each one of us being participatory and thinking about what does that look like in my sphere and how do I bring impact and change in my organization and my cause in my community. I uh, want to remind everybody, you can always check out everything that's happening and join the community at centervisionleadership.org. You can register there at register. It's an opportunity to see what's happening. If you ever miss an episode of the Nonprofit Exchange, hangouts.centervisionleadership.org. You can go to the website. You can check us out. The podcast is on iTunes. You can download that straight from there, and you can engage with amazing thought leaders who have been part of the conversation. Check it out. Brand new issue just came out last week. Centervisionleadership.org/magazine on millennials in the nonprofit world. Thank you so much for being with us again. I'm Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center vision Leadership Foundation. So thrilled to have Jamie Smith from the Young Nonprofit Professionals Network joining us. Uh, If you have questions, YNPN.org. Be sure to check it out. There's so many great things for you as you engage in your future in, in the nonprofit world. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great day.